If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. This episode is brought to you by Yellow Letter HQ. Head over to bit.ly slash yellow letter HD for fast, affordable, direct to seller marketing. Tired of real estate marketing campaigns that don't get results? Yellow Letter HQ is one of the most competitive direct mail campaigns that can save your budget and your sanity. They deliver a fast campaign turnaround that gets your phone ringing. Check out their services at bit.ly slash yellow letter HD. So um, could you talk a little bit about like uh, some, some properties, you know, uh, you know, when we're talking about A, B, C, D, you know, type properties, do you come across um, properties that are like in a B neighborhood, but are a C class that you can try to pull into the B class or, yeah, yeah. or um, how much, how much more work and effort is a C property in a C neighborhood versus a B property in a B neighborhood? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different philosophies on all of that stuff and they're all right. Um, you know, there's, there's an investor out there who's been investing in D neighborhoods um, their whole career and they've made a, a, a very nice living in doing so. Um, and that's their, their business DNA. Then there are some investors that, that look at, um, you know, C, C plus neighborhoods and say, no, I don't even want to be there. I want to be in that quality of a B neighborhood. I think, I think the biggest um, mistake that some investors can make is that they, they buy an asset and they buy the asset with the intent of raising rent above market value. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, if you're, if your business model is to be at the front of the line, to be the most expensive asset out there in the sense of income, um, if it's, almost, it's almost like 
taken the, the, the mistake of over rehabbing a single family house. Mm-hmm. When now put that on a, on a multiplier of a hundred units, if you over rehab a hundred units thinking you're going to get higher rents, you're setting yourself up for a challenge and, and potentially a disaster, not only for that particular asset, but also for your investors. So what we'll do is, is we'll identify a C type property in a B type neighborhood. And it, Jack, to be frank with you, it doesn't, it's really not a huge concern on the amount of work it takes because I make my money and my investors make money with us because I, I make my money on the buy side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? If, it's, if yep. it's bought wrong in the first place, Jack, forget it. You're already behind the eight ball. So if my cost of construction, my CapEx is a real number, well, that goes on my analysis sheet. We use a, a proprietary underwriting software. I put that on my analysis sheet and then it tells me, hey, okay, that's your CapEx, that's your market rents, there's your T12, you know, trailing 12 years income, there's your deficiencies in, in unit lease up, there's your deficiencies in, in financial collection, bum, 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 this is what you can pay for the property and still pay your investors their preferred rate of return. See, for us, it's about paying investors as quickly as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, especially in COVID, um, is concerned about cash flow. People lost their jobs. You know, even even some of the investors that I talked to, you mentioned a doctor um, prior to the call. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of the, the medical professionals tell me frequently, you know, hey, I couldn't even open my practice or, you know, all of those procedures that went on during COVID mm-hmm. um, that, that couldn't be performed. Well, every time a doctor performs a procedure, that's how they make income, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of that fear around cash flow. So investing with us and our business model is always focused on cash flow to make sure, um, make sure the deals make sense. So you make the money on the buy side, you realize the bigger profit at the time of, of liquidation when you sell these assets out. So when you, somebody is evaluating a multifamily for the first time, are there like some gotchas or some numbers that they probably should particularly pay attention to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely there are. Um, you know, I did a, a short video on the, the back end of um, our website at Freedom Venture. And it's a short one, seven minutes. It's worth a look. Um, I don't even know how it all works, to tell you the truth, Jack. It connects to YouTube somehow. but. Um, and I can there link three to that numbers. video too. So. What's that? I'll link to that video as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a link to it, yeah. Um, there are three numbers that, that, that we focus on, and a newer investor should focus on these as well. And it, it's pretty simple. It's um, a cash-on-cash cash return, right? Does mm-hmm. the investment make sense? Um, there's then what we call a cap rate or a capitalization rate. Mm-hmm. Commercial real estate is traded on, on cap rates, and every market in the United States of America has a different acceptable benchmark for a cap rate for right. a specific asset class. You know, if you bought um, a 20-unit beautiful brick building on the Charles River where I am up in Boston, it would probably trade right now at a three and a half, maybe a four, four cap or a 4% return. That's mm-hmm. the way that they're structured. But that same brick 20-unit building in Greenville, right? And the Carolinas might trade at a seven cap. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you would pay less money for the asset and get a higher rate of return. Whereas other investors will look in the depressed markets, the depressed cap markets, and they'll say, okay, that 20 unit building is, 
you know, I don't know, $5 million, but I'm okay getting a 4% return on $5 million and then try and create some value in it. So mm-hmm. lower cap rates um, are, not, are not designed for cash flow. They're designed for appreciation over time. Higher cap rates are designed to give uh, a better monthly cash flow. So we look at cash on cash return, capitalization rates, and then the other number, which is critical for any investor in analysis, is what's called the DCR uh, or the DSR. Some people call it the debt coverage service ratio or the debt service ratio. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's does this building create enough income that a bank will land on it? All right. Unless you, unless an investor or a fund like us wants to just put all of the capital down and leave it there, which doesn't, you know, that's leverage, man. That's real estate investor one-on-one leverage somebody else's money all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do is, is we put our capital down and then we leverage out with the bank 80, 20, 70, 30, depending on the, on the deal. But, um, you know, that bank wants to know that the, the building can pay for itself. So kind of like the industry standard is what's called a 1.25 DCR, or debt, debt service ratio, debt coverage ratio. And basically what that 1.25 means is this, Jack, is for every $1 that I have to make in debt service or mortgage payment on an annual basis, mm-hmm. the bank wants to see an additional $0.25 cents coming in. Right. Um, I've seen some shifting recently. There's some institutions that are going to a little the other way, they're looking for a, you know, like a 1.3, depending on the asset and its occupancy, that kind of thing. So cap rates, I love to see cap rates um, 8% or better, because that, that puts me in a position where there's debt service, I, I can um, uh, create equity, as well as make um, uh, monthly payments. Uh, so I like that for a cap rate number. Debt service coverage ratios always got to be better than, um, you know, better than a 1.25. And then cash on cash, just to give you an idea of, of our fund. And these are targeted, right? We're always being SEC compliant. Um, but our targeted cash on cash returns are around 8 to 10%. And then um, our IRR or our in- internal rate of return, um, we target that out anywhere between 18 to 20% for the life cycle of the capital working in our fund. So, yes, simple numbers in the beginning, but, you know, to be very, we got to be direct here. You know, it's not fifth grade math because after that you get into how did you get all of those numbers in the first place? And that's your due right. diligence and your, your underwriting and your expertise. Sure. So um, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're going into a, a bunch of these different uh, markets um, how yeah. are you? How are you selecting and finding those and vetting out those property managers in all of these markets? No, great questions as well. So we we have a just like we underwrite a property, we underwrite property managers. Um, we're blessed to have some some national managers on our team as well. Um, it's very boots on the ground, man. It's boots on the ground. Um, it's uh, evaluating a property manager's business model. You know, because it's easy to say, yeah, I managed 500 units or 1,000 units, Mm -hmm. a a property management company, but it's a different thing to say I manage them professionally. Um, A lot of these assets, they try and sell them with property management in place, and yet it was the property managers that drove down the value of of the asset in the first place. Right. So depending on what it looks like, how they meet our criteria, there's an interview, and I mean, 
our, our, um, our process for, for qualifying property managers is probably a manual that thick in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd be going through those details, you know, for the next three days. But um, the best way to describe it is this, out of every, we'll say, 100 properties that we evaluate, we also evaluate the property managers attached to those properties, right? Right. So out of 100 that we evaluate, maybe 10 of them get through the initial evaluation. And out of that 10, five might go to the next level. And out of that five, we might only put letters of intent and start talking contracts with the property managers on two of them, Mm -hmm. which is why a fund and um, syndicated deals uh, can be the a strategy for for what's called an accredited investor because it is time intensive. We're not talking about a couple of bucks. I mean, we're talking about a, a hundred million dollars. So if if you're making a, a commitment in that kind of a in that kind of a world, then you know you 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 better have a proven track record of success as a fund to be able to execute on the business plan. Um, yeah. Um, I, look, man, I, there, there's good and bad in every market. And, I, you, you know, it's experience that, that allows you to determine what is good and what isn't. And, I'm, I, I, you know, I'll go zero degrees on that one all day long, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, we've, we've, we've toyed around and played around with, uh, you know, uh, investing out of market. Sure. And uh, it's, it's hard enough to find a property manager local where you can get your interests aligned. Um, yeah, your interests just naturally aren't aligned uh, with sure. with a lot of property managers. So it's sure. always interesting. No, I get here. it. Yeah, look, here's here's the bottom line: it's economies <clears throat> of scale. All right, so mm-hmm. I've got the economies of scale on my side of the equation, whereas most investors are very familiar with um, either a syndicated deal, one sponsor, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty people putting in maybe twenty five grand, right on the low end. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one deal. Well, that one deal doesn't absorb the economies of scale with a fund with $100 million in it. Do things go sideways? Yeah. I'd be absolutely lying to you if I told you everything was perfect 24-7. That, that's, what we, that's what we do as fund managers. Mm-hmm. We understand the, the challenges before we even go in, and then we hedge against all of the challenges that we know we're going to find when we get in there. Mm. You know, have some property managers been fired after 60 days? Yeah. Right? Have yep. some property managers stayed with us with longevity? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So oh, I, instead of all the eggs in one basket, a fund is giving us the economies of scale when it comes to those challenges, Jack. Sure. So when you find that perfect property manager, I'm sure that not only are they helping you with any kind of vacancy rate, but uh, they help you keep some expenses under control. Like, are there some, now that you've done quite a few of these, I mean, uh, your portfolio is rather large. Um, are there some like target expenses you just know, like we got to, we got to check and get these under control right away? Like, yeah. Yeah. Look, common. every, every market has a, um, a price per square foot, right? In construction costs. Mm-hmm. Um, cost of materials are cost of materials. If we're doing them on volume, there's, there's, you know, there's a chance to save capital on the cost of materials, but it, it, it's, it's human beings at the end of the day. Um, I always use the, uh, use the analogy of, um, kind of like Warren Buffett, you know, he buys businesses. He looks for underperforming businesses. He goes in, he cuts the fat, makes the business more valuable, keeps it, sells it. 
or we do the same thing. Like we target um, um, payroll, for example. What is everybody getting paid for? You know, what are they really doing? And we'll either work that relationship with the property managers or we just work it from, from a, you know, a, a higher foot view because we have, we have industry standards that, that, you know, have repetitively given us the results that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and to sum it all up real easy is, is 40, 47%, 40% of, of expense to income ratio. Anything higher than that is an opportunity for us. You know, some assets we can run leaner than others. It all depends on the size and the amount of, you know, um, challenges that, the, that that specific asset has. Um, but, you know, with experience, it doesn't take too long to pin down where the challenges are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that overpriced HVAC contractor, you know, you talk to the property manager and you say, why, why is that HVAC contractor at that price point? Oh, it's my brother-in-law. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So mm. who, who's, who's asking all those questions? Well, that's right. what we do as fund managers, right? We, we, we delve into all of those specific details. And, we, and look, man, with, I'd love to be able to put it all in a, you know, in a nice straight line, but it's hard to, to talk about a combined 50 plus years of experience with, with us as fund managers on this stuff. Uh, you know, like we look at it at expense income ratio and without even talking to my partner, Walter, we already know where the challenges are and whether we can fix them or not. And some you can't fix, so we don't buy them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's as simple as that. Right. No, so um, it, it sounds like you really rely pretty heavily on your network, and I, I think that's a pretty solid point to, to pull out. I mean, uh, mm. in, your network is everything, and if you seem to be in a situation where if, you, if you're moving into a market, one of your first tasks is building out your network in that market. Um, sure. Would that be face, sure. safe to say? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, it, there was a, a saying, a corny, not corny, put it any way you want. I don't care. Your net worth is a correlation of your network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, this is so hard to do sometimes, man. I, I'll, go, I'll go direct with you again. I always talk about the guy from the TV show as somebody else. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it feels like an ego trip, right? But what separates us and our fund is that guy from the TV show Mm -hmm. in the sense of he is able to open up doors and get responses that a lot of other people can't. Right. Right. Um, there's an old adage in business, right? If, if, if your, your phone goes off and you see on the caller ID and you send that person to voicemail, you don't ever want to be that person going to voicemail. You understand? Mm-hmm. So to be able to go into a market that we identify as having upside potential for us to put our investor capital to work, it w- doesn't take me very long to make five, 10 phone calls and have the top two, three, four players in any specific service that we need at my, at the end of the Rolodex or Rolodex showing my age, you know, <laughs> on the, on the phone to be mm-hmm. able to, uh, to get some numbers rolling and get some feedback. I don't care whether it's a broker. I don't care whether it's capital, it's property managers. Um, building a team in that market is, is less of a challenge for us. So it is network driven, brother. It really is. It's, um, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what you know, you're never going to get the right people to be in the who you know department, you know? Right. That makes sense. That <laughs> yeah, makes sense to me. So with that, I know I interrogated you for quite a while here. Did, That's all right, man. But before I, love I 
before I, uh, we, we end here, do you, was there anything that you wish I would have asked? No, man. I look, I'm, uh, I'm one of those guys who, who does everything he can to be in the moment. And whatever we discussed is what we were supposed to discuss. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a guy of organized religion, but I'm definitely a man of faith. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we had a message today that helped just one person who listened to the show, then that's what we were supposed to do today. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, there's not an ulterior motive. You know, um, if somebody reaches out and, and we put capital to work and give them a great rate of return, that's awesome. If somebody doesn't reach out, that's okay too. We're going to be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, let me ask you a question. Is there anything I can do for you, Jack? I just appreciate your, your background and, and growing my network. There you go, brother. There so, you go. There it is. And so if you're it, new to the business, don't give up. Just stay the, stay the course. Yeah, I was broke exactly. as a joke one day and you know, 12 years later, I'm in, in such a different world and I'm blessed, you know? Right. So if people were interested in more information or getting in touch with you, where, how would they reach out? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways. Um, you can just uh, search us out on um, Facebook, go figure. Uh, you can find me at Dave Seymour live. That's my personal page. Mm-hmm. Uh, our company is Freedom Venture um, Investments. You can find us at freedomventure.com is a website. Sure. It's probably the, uh, your most direct. And if you do go to freedomventure.com, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a book that I just finished with uh, my property manager, uh, of all people, a gentleman by the name of uh, John Dessauer. John and I just finished an ebook. It's a free download. You're more than welcome to grab that. Um, unlocking the code to multifamily investing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's great resources there. Reach out, spend a little time with us or don't. Um, but, uh, you know, it's all about network, man. But you can, you can grab a hold of us at either one of those places. Freedomventure.com. Um, you can find me, Dave Seymour. Just Google me, Dave Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. Find me on LinkedIn. I guess <laughs> yeah. so, it's not my, so, it's not well, my LinkedIn realm. is one of those things I think people kind of forget about, but frankly, that's probably my biggest network. Yeah. Gary Vanachuk, if you know, Gary V is yep, Gary V. I, 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 he was part of a, a mastermind group that I was, I was with, uh, or aff- affiliated with years ago. And anyway, Gary V said, um, in 2013, I think it was just did a post today. He was talking up LinkedIn back then. Um, you know, and now whatever amount of years it is later, seven years later. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, 13. I don't know. Whatever. Can't do the math. Um, he, uh, you know, he's, it's, that's, that's a formula. Um, mm-hmm. the, the next one he was talking about was, was this TikTok thing, but you know, I, my, yeah. my network's for accredited investors. So I don't, I don't know if they're hanging out on TikTok yet. <laughs> yeah, I, some of the, you know, as much as I want to keep up with Gary V, uh, you know, he jumps on these platforms really fast. Yeah. TikTok, yeah. I, I, you know, maybe it's just my age. I, I don't quite get it. Yeah, I got a little gray on the side. You got a little gray in your beard, brother. I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's all good. Uh, my my so, daughter's yeah, that's been trying to get us. me on Snapchat. I haven't installed, but, uh, you know, I, I don't quite get that either. But I haven't even got Pinterest figured out, so don't worry <laughs> about it. Us old guys will hang out together. It's all good. There, there you go. 
So thank you so much for joining me today, Dave. And uh, I'll make sure to include all those links in the show notes. And yeah. uh, I hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, you bet, brother. I'll send you a, a little, um, all the links that I have, I'll send it to you and then you can throw it on there if you'd like. Okay. Yeah, sounds great. I appreciate it. All thank right, brother, you, sir. Be well. Take yeah, care, man. You too. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Stessa, smart money management for real estate investors. Let's face it, accountants can get very expensive and we are investors, not bookkeepers. So that's where Stessa steps in. It has automated income and expense tracking and allows you to generate a variety of reports, including income statement, net cash flow, balance sheet, capital expenses, and most importantly, export tax-ready financials, which makes tax time a breeze. Head over to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com for more details. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. Tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs>